So let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Thessalonians, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where we'll start today. And you can pull out an outline or you can open your Three Crosses app and go right to our outline there where you can follow along and take some notes and that's awesome. Praise God for that. We're in this series we're calling Rooted, which is all about the root produces the fruit. If you're rooted in Christ, then the root of Christ's spirit with living within us is going to produce an amazing fruit in our lives. And that's what Galatians 5 has been telling us for the last five weeks we've been looking at this text in Galatians 5 that says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And these, this is the fruit that comes out of a life that is rooted in Christ. So what God's word is telling us is that we can be more like Jesus by the way we love, by our joy, by our peace, by our patience, and today by how we show kindness to each other. We're gonna talk about kindness today. Now kindness isn't something that our culture seems to value uh, as much as we would like, right? I mean, there's so much sarcasm and, and verbal jabs that happen in our culture. The driving is crazy, the way we treat each other at work. All of these things sort of mount up to show us that our, our culture is sort of starved for kindness. In fact, there's a big movement called Random Acts of Kindness, people that just wanna become a part of doing nice things for people and bringing kindness into people's lives. And that's beautiful, that's great. And if there's anybody that ought to be known for their kindness, it ought to be Jesus' followers. It ought to be those of us who call ourselves Christians. That if there be anybody that would be known for kindness, it should be people like us. But you know, there's just a lot of us who are Christ followers who who really don't seem to be very kind. They're they're sort of, you know, sour patch kids. You know, they just... They just kind of have a scowl. They don't seem to like enjoy people. They don't kind of go out of their way to do anything for people. And, and, and so the Bible speaks of this. And, and kindness, you know, when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, for many of us, kindness just seems like, if we're thinking about fruit, it seems kind of like the lemon of the fruit, you know? Because it just doesn't seem like it's that attractive or that compelling or how do I get my hands around that? How do I move in my life with more kindness? And so we're gonna unpack that today as best we can and we're gonna start right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. And if you have, uh, you can just kind of look up at the screen, we'll put it on the screen. Here's what Paul writes, he says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, okay? Because that's the opposite of kindness, right? But always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Now I like the fact that he's saying kind to each other, that's within the body of Christ. Let's practice here, amen? Let's practice when we drive out of our parking lot on Sunday mornings. Let's practice by how we greet each other in the community of faith. Let's practice as how we look for needs that we can meet around each other's lives. This is a good place to begin today as we start this little journey in spiritual, the spiritual gift of kindness. Now the Old Testament word for kindness is hasad. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, like when you gotta clear your throat a little bit, hasad. And let's say that, hasad. That, that word translated all through the Old Testament is the word that we get the New Testament equivalent of kindness. It's often in the Old Testament translated loving kindness because it's actually more than just be, being kind. There's this element of mercy. Hasad encompasses, encompasses deeds of mercy performed by a more powerful party for the benefit of the weaker party. And of course, when you think about God, there's no one who shows more mercy and benefit to the weaker ones than God himself. 
And this is why his love is called loving kindness. A couple places in Jeremiah I love. Jeremiah 31.3, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with chassad. I have drawn you with loving kindness. My mercy poured over you. Jeremiah 9.23 and 24, God says through the prophet, he says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, watch this, that they have an understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises hasad, kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Now God's Old Testament people uh, forgot about his kindness frequently. Psalm 106 verse seven says, they did not remember your many kindnesses. This is kind of all of our uh, problem. We forget the kindnesses of the Lord. Think of the hundreds of ways that God has shown us kindness. Even today, we woke up today. (laughs) We ate some food today. We have clothing to wear today. We have people in our lives that reflect God's love for us. We have income. We have means to communicate with people in our lives. We have transportation. We live in the Bay Area. (laughs) We we have so many kindnesses that God has shown to us right here in this local setting that oh so often we forget. But beyond that, think about our salvation. Think about the Holy Spirit indwelling and sanctifying work in our lives. Think about the kindness of prayer that God gives to us. Think about the kindness of him giving us his word. Think about the kindness of giving us such a beautifully great church that we can worship and come together with as a family, physically and spiritually. Isn't God kind to us? God is so kind. Now let's think a little bit more about kindness. When you think about kindness, who pops into your mind in terms of a human being that you think about when you think about kindness? Well, as I was studying for this message, I thought immediately of Fred Rogers. Remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? You know, it's a beautiful day. Can we sing the song? No, let's not sing the song. If you, if you haven't seen the documentary, you need to. It's powerful. Fred Rogers was a, was a Presbyterian minister who just felt the calling of God to bring kindness to children. And it's just a beautiful story. There's kind of a legendary story out there that a couple of years before Fred Rogers died, um, uh, his, st- his car was stolen and some TV stations in the Philadelphia area picked it up. And within a matter of a couple of days, you know, the news stations were broadcasting this fact that somebody stole Fred Rogers' car. And so thousands of people saw this, and including the thief. And apparently, his car was replaced in the same place where it was taken from, and a note was inside. If I knew it was your car, Fred Rogers, I wouldn't have taken it. <laughs> now, I don't know, some de- debate over you know, the, all the, the details of that story, but the, the one thing that is true about that story is that kindness touches people in inexplicable ways. And if there's kindness that comes out of our lives, uh, we're gonna touch a lot of people. Now some of us aren't that excited about uh, this enduring trait as a, as a Christ follower, but I wanna challenge you today that I think kindness is a game changer. I think kindness changes the game. And so how can we become more of a people that truly manifest this kindness? Well, we're gonna talk about what kindness is in the scripture this morning. We're gonna kinda of go through a lot of little places and we're gonna unpack six kind of 
main bullet points of what spirit-led kindness is about. Because remember we've said throughout this series that the fruit of the spirit is supernatural ability, right? So the world has a sort of a veneer of love or joy or peace or patience, those kinds of things. But the world can't really imitate a true spirit-led uh, anything when it comes to the Spirit of God because it only comes from those who live by the Spirit, those who are rooted in their faith, right? So we have something that the world doesn't have. So our kindness should actually look different than the world's kindness. I mean, great for random acts of kindness and there's beautiful stories. You can go on the internet and read all kinds of kindness stories and they're great, they're beautiful, but I think there can be even something more with Christ followers and we're gonna unpack that this morning. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I wanna show you of six things that I think are beautiful about spirit-led kindness. First of all, spirit-led kindness is more than displaying good manners, okay? This is what the Bible reveals to us, that when you talk about true kindness, spirit-led kindness, we're not talking about people that just smile and show respect and let others go first and all those things are good but that not, doesn't necessarily have to flow from the supernatural. To be truly kind, there has to be more than just an external manifestation. Let me prove that to you. When your boss walks up to you and gives you a passive aggressive compliment and basically an underhanded way of saying you're not cutting it around here and you respond to your boss in sort of a smiling, respectful manner because they're your boss, uh, you're not really showing kindness to them because inside you're burning up. You know, when you greet your neighbor in your yard when they walk by and you smile at them, they walk their dog past you and you're, hi, how are you today? And you're showing this, what looks like an external kindness but inside you're grumbling because that, that person always stops their dog right on your lawn and the dog does the business on your lawn and inside you're just seething, but how are you today? It's nice to see you. So we know from the Bible that's, that, that it's got to be more than just an external outside. Another example, remember those of you that grew up in my era, remember this, the little television show, Leave it to Beaver? How many remember this? That was a great, remember, oh man, Wally, his friend Eddie Haskell. <laughs> Eddie Haskell was a guy that showed earthly kindness every time. Oh, how are you, Mrs. Cleaver? I mean, he was so kind and so he seemed to just, just flow with this kind of kindness, but he was a shark. The guy was just sort of a, you know, he was, his morals were not quite right, and, and that was sort of his character in the show. He's kind of an underhanded guy. But on the outside, boy, he came off with such respect to, to June and Ward Cleaver. Let's look at the scripture, what the scripture says. Ephesians 4.32, let's read this out loud. Here we go, ready? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Some of our translations read, be kind and tender-hearted. This shows that spirit-led kindness has to start in the heart. So if you're taking notes, I'm suggesting that spirit-led kindness flows from a heart that's transformed by grace. Kindness is more than the external manner. It comes out of a heart that's being transformed by grace. So when we treat people with respect and kindness, it's because we ourselves have experienced the grace and the, and the kindness of God himself. And therefore, we really can smile and we really can show respect to people that humanly speaking, we might be a little upset at 
it's sort of their behavior. I had an uncle, um, my dad's brother, and he was one of the kindest man, men I had ever met. He was just such a gracious, loving man. And I remember one day he was visiting. He lived in Arizona. And one day he was visiting our church here. I was uh, here in the ministry, so my parents brought him over. And we were sitting down here at you know, some little restaurant in Castro Valley afterwards. And, he, and I just said, hey, Bill, I've never heard your faith story. Tell me your story. And he just unpacked this story about growing up he was just kind of a hooligan. He was just, you know, a little reckless. And he, he said to, in front of everybody, he said, I had just this terrible anger problem. I would just explode like this. And I, I was such an unkind person. I remember him talking about this. He said, but when he met Christ, Christ just immediately softened his heart. And he began to uh, be a person who actually enjoyed showing kindness to people. And by that time, of course, all I knew of him was a man that had such extreme kindness in his life. And I thought, wow, God's Spirit had transformed my uncle. And maybe you know people like that who has, have been in one way their life, all the way through their life, and then they meet Christ, and God begins to change. God, do you believe that God can change our temperament, change our personalities? yes. Because he transforms our lives. You can go from a grumpy old sour patch person and become a person known for kindness in your life because the Spirit of God lives in you because you are rooted in Christ. I like how Paul the Apostle brings this out in his letter to Titus. He says, but when the kindness and love of, our, of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of right, the righteous thing we had done but because of his mercy. So Paul is reminding the people, uh, and Titus in particular, that when God saves us, he saves us not because we deserved anything, but because of his mercy alone. So spirit-led kindness isn't merely good manners. And I think this is why I want to point out that it's different than what the world sees, because the world just says, be nice. Listen, kindness is not necessarily just being nice. Kindness is something rooted in grace, and treating others the way we have been treated. Okay, here's the second thing about spirit-led kindness that I discovered in Scripture, and that is spirit-led kindness is counterintuitive. Okay, it's not just good manners, but it's also counterintuitive. Now, this is huge. We often think of kindness as something that is responsive only in favorable situations. You know, like you just, you just want to be nice to people. You want to do something good for somebody. But as you study the idea of kindness in Scripture, you discover that uh, it, it often offers a disposition of generosity amidst difficult and even opposing situations. So in the midst of opposition and conflict, this is where kindness is oftentimes shown us in Scripture. Let me give you an example. Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, Love your neighbors, excuse me, love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he, the Father, is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful then, just as your Father is merciful. So according to Jesus, showing kindness is like the Father, God, who shows kindness to us who are undeserving. In the midst of pushing back from him, uh, and, and sort of, you know, showing uh, opposition to him. 
You know, once in a while here at Three Crosses, uh, over the course of the ministry I've been senior pastor, we've had a couple of times where people in our community decided they didn't like who we were. And they decided, we've had a couple times, and I don't even say people in our community. These are people usually that have come outside of our community. And uh, you know, if you've been around here for a long time, that um, there, we've had a couple Sundays where we had picketers. You remember that? Picketers that showed up uh, one Sunday because, you know, they thought we were, you know, soft on sin, and then another group that showed up the next week, or maybe on the same week, saying that we were too hard on sin. And, and there was these picketers down off of our property. And you know what was so beautiful on that Sunday, and a couple Sundays that this happened? I was just so touched by all the people that went down and talked to those people and just said, you know, why don't you just come on up and just experience a service with us? And it was so beautiful. And these people finally just kind of walked away because there was, you know, they did, there was no engagement of opposition. And can I just say this, that, you know, if that ever, and we hope those things don't happen, but if they do happen, you know, we should just kill people with kindness. You know, and I, and I mean that sincerely. Like, we should just pour out kindness on people that show opposition to us. And I hope that that's really the, the tone of our church always, that no matter what people are saying about us, that we would just show kindness to them that we would show love and kindness. Think about the way God has shown kindness to us. Romans 2.4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance? You know what draws us to repentance is knowing the kindness of God. He's so patient with us. God raised, Ephesians 2, 6, and 7, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomprehensible riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Now this is the core of the gospel. When we show kindness to others that show us opposition or conflict, we're actually demonstrating the character of God and what the grace of the gospel is all about. So kindness, kindness is so beautiful. I like what Paul says, you know, the Corinthian church were kind of, uh, kind of cantankerous with the apostle Paul. And so Paul writes to them, uh, and he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses four through six, he says, rather as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love. Paul's essentially saying, look, you want proof that I'm the real deal? Among everything else, I'm kind. <laughs> and that's something that we ought to be able to say to people too. You know, say what you want about me, but at the end of the day, you've got to agree that I am a kind person. I hope that that's really what people think and, and see about us. One of my favorite Old Testament stories, we don't have time to go into it, unfortunately, but Second um, Samuel chapter nine, it's the story of Mephibosheth. Great name. Name your kid Mephibosheth. <laughs> Mephibosheth. He was the son of Jonathan, one of Jonathan's sons. You remember David made a covenant with Jonathan that, you know, um, a covenant of love, that he would show kindness to Jonathan all of his life and even beyond. And so when David takes his throne, it was customary when kings take their throne that they wipe out any rival to the throne. And Saul's family would have been a rival to the throne. Of course, God's kingdom works a little differently, 
But when David treks down the last surviving member of Saul's household, Mephibosheth, and I love this in, in that chapter, chapter 9 of 2 Samuel, he says, he says, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And of course, when he tracks down Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth is brought to the palace and Mephibosheth is probably thinking, oh, it's, going to be, it's going to be curtains. And so David says, don't be afraid for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Now that's, that's a beautiful Old Testament story, but you know what that story is really about? That's a story of what God does to rebels who come into his family. He gives to us a seat at the table. He treats us based on his covenant of love. He treats us as friends, not enemies. And this is what God does when we come to Christ. We are, be, we are treated as friends, even more family. We are brought into the family of God. This is a beautiful picture of God's promise. So kindness isn't just being nice. Uh, it's a gritty, courageous act that shows generosity toward difficult people and even those who we deem sometimes undeserving because of God's kindness toward us. Let me give you a third thing quickly. Spirit-led kindness finds expression in carefully chosen words. And there's a ton of scripture here. We don't have time. But I do want to say that our words have impact. And basically what I want to say about that is that it's, a life, it's life-giving in relationships and circumstances. There's something about our words. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, Isaiah 50 is a prophecy of this coming servant of the Lord. It's a a picture of Jesus, and, and this one who in Isaiah 50 says, the sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. And we know that Isaiah 50 is all about the coming Christ. So who is this Jesus but one who knows how to sustain the weary? And of course, this is mirrored in Luke 4.22 where it says of him, all spoke well of Jesus and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. There was something about Jesus that was so winsome, so powerful, so kind as compared to the religious leaders of his day. And think of all the, the kind thing that Jesus said to people. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Ask and you will receive receive. Knock and the door will be open. Let the children come to me. Jesus was constantly showing kindness to those who are around him. And the words of scripture tell us that kindness can come through our words. A gentle answer turns away wrath, so words can de-escalate. Uh, how good is a timely word? Proverbs 15, 23 says, so timely words can show kindness. Encourage one another daily, Hebrews 3, 13, so encouraging words can show us kindness, and we should speak the truth in love. Truth is a measure of kindness as well. Which brings us to the next point that is very important, and that is that spirit-led kindness may not always feel good. <laughs> and what I mean by that is if you have tests, you go into your doctor, you got something going wrong, and your doctor takes tests, and the doctor sees that you've got a major problem. You've got tumors, and it's probably cancerous. And your doctor comes into the room where you're waiting to get these results, and the doctor says, you know, you're going to be just fine. Have a good day. And pats you on the back. Now, he's being really kind to you, but if, if you knew what he knew about you and he was saying that to you, would you call that kindness? No. 
That's not kindness. That's actually morbid and evil. I like what the, proverb, uh, what the psalm says. Psalm 141 verse 5 says, Let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. So what this means is, is that kindness sometimes feels more like a punch in the gut. <laughs> I've had friends pull me aside over the years and tell me truth about my life. And it didn't feel real good at the time. My wife has done this. My kids have done this. Some of you have done this. But it's a kindness. It's a kindness to speak truth in love. When you withhold truth from people, it's not kind. When you, watch this, when you withhold the message of the gospel from people who are lost and going to suffer eternity apart from Christ, it's not kindness. Can you imagine people standing at the judgment seat if we could somehow have a window of people seeing us at that moment who knew that we were Christ followers perhaps, but we never opened our mouth, never shared with somebody the love of Jesus? And I hope that that's just super convicting for all of us, including me, that we would think about the people in our lives that we've not yet expressed in a loving manner the truth of the gospel in words. Not being kind if we let that go by. You know, think about when the disciples were walking through Samaria. Remember Luke chapter 9? And Samaritans weren't so open, and so they asked Jesus, should we call down fire and destroy this village? Can you imagine that? Now, that would be really kind, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, that would not be kind. And so Jesus rebukes his disciples. Jesus is showing kindness to his disciples by giving them the truth. You guys got to cut that out. Stop talking nonsense like that. Stop talking such hate language to people. And so, so often we as in the body of Christ are known not for our, our uh, truthfulness in love, but we are known maybe for truthfulness outside of love. Sometimes, though, kindness feels like a punch in the gut. Here's another thing. Quickly, spirit-led kindness opens doors for the gospel. Spirit-led kindness opens doors for the gospel. <sighs> you know, yesterday we were up here. Oh, my goodness. Our children's ministry is phenomenal. We had, oh, I don't know how many we had, the numbers. I would say there's probably a couple thousand people up here yesterday for our children's harvest fair. And so many of you served and worked. Our children's ministry areas would just work so hard. And there were so many guests and people. And it was so much fun. And the diversity, every nation in the world was here yesterday. Fun, enjoyment, little petting zoo, launching pumpkins. You know, it was just such a blast. And as I was talking to people, person after person coming to the little booth where I was, people said, just offered up, this is our first time up here. These people are so amazing. They're just like, thank you so much for doing this. We've looked for something our kids could do over the Halloween season that was just a little different than what, and people were just so gracious and so excited. And I thought, just, there was so much kindness up here yesterday. It was beautiful. Kindness just blows people away. It's amazing. Spirit-led kindness opens the door for the gospel. And what I'm saying about that, if you're taking notes, is it disarms, it paves the way for more openness among skeptics and seekers. 
theologian William Barclay once said, more people have been brought to Christ and into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. You know, you want to influence people? Just be kind to them. Let the Spirit of God living in you demonstrate acts of kindness. So here's your homework this week. Your homework this week is to be looking for ways that you can demonstrate spirit-led kindness. Not just a smile that inside you're you know, seething, but that you're actually demonstrating the kind of kindness that God has shown to you and to me. Which brings me to the last thing, because here's what happens when you do that. Spirit-led kindness yields a rich life experience for all who pursue it. Proverbs 21, 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. And that word there, love, is loving kindness. It's hasad. Whoever pursues this kind of life experiences prosperity and honor. Its benefits are lifelong satisfaction. I mean, really, the most satisfied people in the world ought to be people who know and live and traffic in kindness toward others. Isn't that great? Isn't God good? And maybe someone here today, you know, you've been a recipient of of this otherworldly kindness, and you're kind of going, what is up with all that? Well, you know what's up with that? God's trying to get your attention. And today is a day where you can open your life and you can respond to the love and kindness of God by trusting in Christ and become a follower of Christ and you too can demonstrate his kindness toward others because it's infectious. Let's go to the Lord.